Woody Womack and Mike Farrell here for another episode of our weekly wrap-up show, talking about all the action in week three. Mike, let's jump right into the topics. Miami, they just got hammered by Michigan State, and the Canes fans are done. And it's the it's it's the typical Miami life cycle here. The former players come out and say he's terrible. They're going on the radio. They want him done. And that's usually the beginning of the end, right? Yeah. And yet they continue to make hire after hire. That doesn't make sense. And, you know, obviously I don't think they have weeks to get a Mario Cristobal. Um, you know, everybody, well, you know, for Alabama anyways, so he wouldn't be here for long, but I don't know what the solution is there, but they're just, they're really awful. Um, you know, and, and Michigan state's for real. I said, Michigan state wasn't going to make a bowl game. I was so wrong. Uh, Melta is them playing power football quarterbacks. Good. He's better than DR King, you know, Kenneth Walker's best running back on the field by far. And, you know, the only guy who came to play was Charleston Rambo and he's not even a Miami recruit. He's a transfer. So it's ugly there. And, and yeah, it's the same thing. It's rinse and repeat, man. I mean, you know, his record's worse than Al Golden's was. You pointed that out to me. And uh, I don't know what they could do. Well, I've noticed, like, also he's getting into Butch Jones territory with, like, I think he said, like, we whipped their D-line or something or, or our D-line whipped their O-line. It's like, you didn't whip anything. You lost by, like, 20. I mean, I know it was close in the fourth quarter. But yeah, but they wore down. Right. I mean, they got they, they got destroyed in the fourth quarter. You know, <laughs> right? So and why Eric are... King has signed eighty, but he's not good. Okay. Well, I think it's pretty clear he came back too soon from that ACL injury. I mean, there's no he was limping around out there, and he just doesn't look the same. I have a name image likeness uh, theory on quarterbacks. <laughs> I really do. Let's hear it. Well, listen, you know, I mean, there's a couple amazing. Right. Corral, lighten up the world, um, you know, but some of the big name quarterbacks that, that have come into this season, you know, looking to impress, have other things on their minds. And and the only thing I can think of is, is name, image, likeness and, and making money. I mean, C.J. Stroud talks about what a you know million dollar player he is and how great he is and all this other stuff. Well, you're not. Sam Howell looked like horrible in the first game. He, he's gotten better since then. But. Um, Spencer Rattler looks average. The Eric King looks bad. Um, there's gotta be something going on where the, the focus isn't there. I'm just, I, it's a theory. It's a theory I'm throwing it's a out. Great theory. So because why, because what they are t- tweeting out a picture with a car or something, nah, they're doing different stuff, they're doing a lot of additional things that they never would have done before. I mean, get in the film room. Study your opponent, stop pimping car, signing autographs. I mean, I'm just, it's scary. Three games. We need to have like a Mike Farrell get off my lawn segment for sure. Because what a, this is an incredible take that you, that you Oh, it's, it's in my three point stance tomorrow uh, on Tuesday too. So I don't mind them making, I'm just saying there's something off. You know, I mean, Michael Penix stinks. I, I just can name quarterback after quarterback who don't look good. Well, right, should. What, and I know injuries, yeah. Something what, else is going on. What NIL deal is Michael Penix doing that is distracting him from watching film? 
I, 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 I'm sure he's got some. Check out his social media. I'm sure he's got something. Okay. Even if it's selling his own shirt or something. I'm just saying there, there's there's less than a focus than there was before. So laugh all you want, but you'll see. Kids are trying okay. to impress. Uh, you know, they're trying to impress the people that are paying now instead of trying to impress the NFL who could pay them a whole lot more. All right. Well, that's quite a theory. So, uh, well, name another good quarterback. Name 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 another uh, quarterback. Bryce Young. Really well. Bryce Young has the most nil deals. There you go. Not the most. I mean, I do think your quarterbacks doing right. Matt Corral, Young. They're one two on my Heisman list. After that, it's disappointment after disappointment. Well, right, but Bryce Young's making the most money off of his thing. You, he had an NFT come out right before the first game. Focus. The others aren't. Okay. okay. So even though he's making the most money, he's he remains focused. He's not distracted. Effort like Einstein and some of his theories. <laughs> I probably would have. Yeah, I would have gladly mocked Einstein. Yes. <laughs> what theory? All right. Uh, moving on. I guess. I guess Manny's not. We we really didn't talk about Manny Diaz. You went straight into other topics. Um, I did. Well, listen. He's he's a he's a dead man walking. It's, he's not going to land. He's starting to talk about game of the players, an opportunity to play, and all that stuff. What he really needs to do is he needs to win out. Uh, that's not going to happen, or at least win, you know the six of six of seven or whatever they got left. I mean, they're one and two. He's got to get to eight wins if he wants to keep his job, and and that's not going to happen. The way this Miami team looks, Penn State, they get a big win. They don't move into the top five. They beat Auburn at home. A big win. They've got two of the best wins of the season, in my opinion, beating Auburn and beating Wisconsin. Are they not getting enough respect? Probably not. I mean, it, it, we've seen this before, but it, it's rude to argue with the other programs that are in the top uh, top five as well. So, you know, they do have two good wins. It doesn't look as good as we expected them to. Um and Auburn is good, but I think you'll see Auburn will probably have a few interesting losses down there because you know the the, the running game's great, uh, quarterback play not there, but but I would put them I would put them probably ahead of of Oklahoma, and then debate whether who's the better team, Iowa or Penn State from the Big Ten. Right? Why is Oklahoma like you know God's gift to the top five? I don't. I'm, I, I mean. I understand they were ranked high to start the season, but what I mean, Penn State has played two real games, right? And one in relatively impressive fashion. I don't, I just don't get like why can't why don't people just say, hey, we're going to put Penn State in the top five based on who they played? I don't know. I mean, you know, Oklahoma's beaten to Tulane, uh, Western Carolina, Nebraska, and barely beat Nebraska. They struggle with Tulane. They're not showing anything that, that tells me that they're going to be the, the potential national championship team I thought they would be or playoff team. You know, I, I don't think strength of schedule or who you play seems to matter, um, at least until you get to closer to the, the polls that, that mean something. But, you know, Penn State moving up now would certainly help them in a few weeks when, when that time comes. So, I don't get it. Um, you know, Alabama and Georgia won two. I don't have a problem with Oregon, but I don't see a, Oklahoma impressing me at all. 
Um, and, and I wouldn't even put them. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put them ahead of Cincinnati. I, I would have Cincinnati ahead of them. And I know you hate Cincinnati or don't think they're real, but at least they've, they've, you know, been dominant in, in their games and destroyed crappy competition and beat an Indiana team. That's better than anybody Oklahoma's played. Yeah. So getting back to Penn state, I do think, unfortunately for them, I think the Auburn win is not going to look as good when the season's over because I mean, Auburn's got a murderer's row of opponents left. I mean, the SEC West is just, you know, stacked uh, beyond belief this year. So they're probably going to lose three, maybe four more games. Or So you're looking at a team that finishes seven and five, and you're like, oh, who cares? Big deal, Penn State. But I don't know. I thought it was a good win. I do think right now, I mean, I think they're – would you put them ahead of Ohio State and Iowa as the favorite to win the Big Ten? Yeah. Um, you know, Ohio State obviously still has a defense that doesn't convince me of anything. Um you know, doesn't have an offense. There's more balance at Penn State. You know, Sean Clifford isn't the greatest quarterback in the world, but he's a leader. They've got a pretty good offensive line. They run the ball well. They've got two excellent receivers in Jahan Dotson and Parker Washington. And the defense is playing a lot better than expected. It, losing two key passers and they've just sort of plugged guys in there. The linebackers are running around and making plays, and you got Brisker in the secondary. So, I think Penn State's probably right now the most complete team, not the most talented roster. I think that still is Ohio State, but um, based on what I'm seeing, and and listen, USC would be so lucky to have James Franklin. You know, Penn State fans sometimes take him for granted a bit. Um, you know, he got robbed of going to the playoff one year. He's the hire. He, he would not fail at USC, and he would absolutely destroy. So he's going to get yet another raise because I don't think he's going to go. Uh, I think Fickle's going to get that USC job. Uh, but Penn State fans really have to start appreciating that guy. And and I saw the SEC fans making fun of, you know, all the bad calls with the refs and all that stuff. But you got to remember, Penn State also had one series where they had three downs. I mean, that doesn't happen. So it was on both sides, and Penn State – won that game because Mike Bobo decided to throw a slot fade and didn't have Calvin Johnson on his roster. Yeah. That, that three down thing is like, what is it? 1980. How was that not, how could they not fix that upon review? That That's unbelievable. Unbelievable. That that All right. Speaking of struggles, DJ Iwongalele and Clemson survive. Uh, it came down to the end against Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech had the ball on the goal line, couldn't punch it in. They went with a shovel pass, uh, which I saw some of their fans said, hey, it was a good call. I've never seen him run that. The problem was that the guy they had pulling that needed to make the key block uh, finished the day as their lowest graded player on pro football focus. So I think that might have been – plus you're trying to throw the ball to like one of your two tight ends or whatever. It just – I don't know. I say you got Jameer Gibbs on your team. Try to find a way to get him the ball. But anyway, DJ's really struggling. I mean, he was outplayed in this game by Jordan Yates. He doesn't look confident. He looks tentative. He doesn't seem like he wants to throw the ball down the field. What What do you make of what we've seen from him so far? Because he doesn't want to run either, and he doesn't look very fast, despite someone on this podcast telling me he was like Cam Newton. So 
<laughs> what do you think? We saw him run in high school. He can run. He's not going to run away from people, but he's a big guy and hard to tackle. Like if you remember right. early in, in Ben Roethlisberger's career, he would run. You, you know. can see me run at the. You can see me run every day at the gym too, and I'm a big guy who's hard to bring down. Doesn't no one's comparing me to Cam Newton? Yeah. Well, he's got a little bit more speed and explosion than you do, I believe. Um, but I, you know, a lot of people are blaming the offensive line. A lot of people are blaming the play calling. A lot of people are blaming the quarterback. I don't know what the issue is here, uh, but it's it's really not what we expect from Clemson at all. It's it's embarrassing at this point, and you know. They're a team. I mean, Georgia Tech is not a good football team. And, you know, I agree with you on the shovel pass. It's not a great call. You got Jordan Yates, get him out in space. Um, just like the Bo Nix call at Penn State. You got a quarterback who can actually move a little bit, get him out in space, give him some options. Um, and both of those were just, there was no option to either of those plays. But Clemson needs to have an urgency. Now, you know, you're not going to get Deshaun Watson to Trevor Lawrence, to the next great one, to the, I mean, you're going to run into a guy who takes a year of development maybe, but based on what he looked last year in two games to where he looks like this season, everything is just so slow and he's locking in and he's not decisive. He, He looks like a completely different quarterback. And I think they're afraid to let him loose. Um, because he's going to make mistakes. So it's ugly. Uh, you know, I don't think you make the quarterback change right now, uh, but this defense is going to start to get a little bit upset, you know, because they're really good defense and they're carrying this team right now. And, and the passing game is awful. And maybe they were bailed out by all these great players uh, that we're used to seeing at Clemson. And maybe they don't have those guys. Justin Ross doesn't look like the same player, um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what the solution is there. I just know that uh, they're not going to, you know, go to the playoff. There's absolutely no way that's going to happen. Well, it's okay to take a step back, like you said. I just think based on how DJ played last year, uh, it's surprising to see how he just doesn't look the same. Just doesn't look like it looks like he's thinking too much and, Maybe he's just in a rut. Maybe he has a breakout game and it's fixed. I do think their offensive line is having some issues as well. I mean, because they're not exactly running the ball, you know, super, super great either. I mean, they they scored less points against Georgia Tech than Northern Illinois, you know what I mean? So uh, it, I do think they're in for one or two more losses, especially if things keep going like this. Um, you know what he's focused on, Woody Womack? What? Name, image, likeness. I know yes. He, he has some other things going on in his life. I thought that's what you're going to say, but uh No, I know, I know. There's other and again, you know, I mean I, a lot of people are worried about the focus and you know, why is he on social media talking about his old high school football team and his younger brother and all this other stuff and listen, I don't know what's going on. No uh how he is in the film room. I don't know how he is in the locker room. I just know that he looks like a completely different quarterback last year and I'm not sure how that's going to translate got nc state and, and and bc coming up who are two fairly good football teams um and you could get tripped up offensive line i mean name the last offensive lineman that clemson took that was good and they made great right yeah there's not a lot of i mean even the five stars they've had or french five stars they had come in just haven't 
you know, we're, it's not like at Alabama where we're seeing a guy go to be a top 10 pick or a first rounder like Jedrick Wills or Alex Leatherwood or Evan Neal. We're seeing guys like Jackson Carmen who are third, fourth round picks. Yeah. Or even and mid- Mitch Hyatt's mid- of the world who just right. don't even get drafted. Right. So that's something to think about. All right, Mike, Florida State continues to struggle. Mike Norvell, potential hot seat candidate. And I've got an off the wall topic for you. Do you think it's time for the powers that be at Florida State to start thinking about Deion Sanders as a real possibility as their head coach? Uh, so that's the one you were hinting at, huh? Yeah. No. <laughs> I mean, listen, I, I, I'm not saying Norvell's the answer. His record is embarrassing. Uh, the team, you know, looked good in the first game. Now they're getting blown out by Wake Forest. I mean, I, I remember – yeah, I was flipping around and I looked at that score and I thought it was 35-34. And I'm like, oh, weird. You know, they're losing the Wake Forest by one late. It was 35-14 and they stink. They're just awful. Um, he's three and nine. He's two and seven in the horrible ACC. He's he's not the solution. Uh, but I don't think Dion is either. I mean, Dion hasn't proven to me that he can be a power five head football coach. His experience is at a... Um, you know, somewhat made up you high school and, and now at Jackson State. So I, I I just think jumping from that experience, even though you're the arguably the greatest cornerback to ever live, to running a program. I mean you okay, let's put Dion in charge of Florida State and Ed Reed in charge of Miami and see what happens. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> it can be worse. No, they they well I they cannot do worse. I'll tell you this. Dion can go three and nine and two and seven. Absolutely. Right, and I, I promise you, he'd have uh, he'd have a better recruiting class at least the first two or three years. Um, I kind of thought that Dion would be done at Jackson State by now. I thought it was going to be like a a pet project, and you know he would lose interest. But they they should have beat ULM this week. ULM, of course, one of the worst teams in the FBS. But the fact is. They have probably 15 power five players that he's brought to Jackson State, uh, you know, who have who have transferred out of other places or just not found a fit. Of course, he's got his two sons who both had legitimate offers and everything like that. I'm just saying, Mike, if, if Florida State finishes the year like three and nine or whatever, you have to you might have to fire Norvell, which I don't like to do after two years. But I also don't know if they can afford it. I don't know if the school can just keep because they're paying Willie Taggart for three more years or something, three million a year. So it, it's really crazy that they're this bad. I just think like, OK, Wake Forest was probably, I would say, one of their, you know, harder games uh, in the ACC. But like when you break down their schedule, I mean. They got Louisville this weekend, which is a fishy line there. And they, they probably got two. They got UMass. That's a win. But NC State, Clemson, uh, Florida, Miami, Boston College. So, I mean, they're hope, they better beat Louisville and they better beat Syracuse and UMass. And yeah. that gets you to three. And, you know, let's not count, you know, a victory over – UMass. I mean, this this team lost to Jacksonville State. You know, yeah, <laughs> they could lose to anybody. So, and UMass is is horrible. But yeah. I mean, this Florida State team can clearly play down to anybody. Um, 
It'll be interesting because UMass lost 45-28 to BC and 51-7 to to Pitt, who are two middling ACC teams. But can you imagine like 20 years ago saying that Wake Forest was one of the harder games for Florida State? And I know Wake had that little run there under Grobe, but there's no way that these two teams should even be mentioned in the same sentence when it comes to the recruiting advantages um, and, and the tradition and the history and all that stuff. And to get blown out, um, it, it's just simply embarrassing. And, and I don't know, but maybe you're right. Maybe Dion and Ed Reed would be great at both of those programs and, and give them a chance because they can't do any worse. I just don't think that that's going to be the solution either. Well, I'm saying like, okay, having me, a, you know, lead the program, have bring in an OC, bring in a DC, someone that, you know, they're comfortable with. Uh, <laughs> you never know. You're going to bring in. I don't know. You know he's going to bring in his buddies. Whoever Dion's comfortable with. If he's got, I'm talking like, um, you know, when you hire a young coach and then you bring in, you know, an elder statesman to, to, you know, be the sidekick or whatever, like a Ted Lasso situation. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I get that. I just don't think that, that the, the proper hires would be made there. And I think it would, recruiting would blow up. It'd be kind of interesting, but the on-field product would be equally as bad, but you're right. They can't get worse. So I guess my initial reaction to that was, no, he's not ready to take that step up, but I guess I could go all in three, right? <laughs> you could lose to Jacksonville State. You could definitely absolutely. coach the tackling that we saw in that last play. Um, I could I could absolutely lose to Jacksonville State. And they're in the same position where the defensive coordinator's giving quotes today where he's like, oh, yeah, Wake Forest did all, you know, they really gave us different looks than we saw on film. And it's like, just stop talking, you know, like uh, if I'm Norvell, I'm just saying, look, Kenny Dillingham, no more, you're, you're, or whoever, you, no more. That's it. You know, like <laughs> you're done talking for the year. We're shutting it down. I'll talk Have to you. Media. There hasn't been, it's just been, it's, it, we're really early into the season, but it's been a season of really stupid excuses. Right. Yes. Like Scott Frost and the Illinois, you know, three-man look really confused. Like, just everybody shut up. Say your team sucks. We're going to get back to the drawing board. Fire somebody to send a message. What do we call that? We call that a landmark fire, as John Taffer from Bar Rescue says. And send a message. Well, it's like me when I play basketball. You know, I foul someone as hard as possible two or three possessions into the game so they don't send a message come inside anymore on the plane don't make me go into my prison stories we're in the yard (laughs) you just go after the biggest guy take him out all right uh alabama they got up big on florida florida came back the talk seems to be now that i mean oh the alabama the the dynasty's over Etc. What do you think? <laughs> I, I think they will lose a game during the regular season. And I personally think if they played Georgia, it would be a really fun game. And it, hopefully they play in the, in the SC championship game. But what's your take right now? I, I personally think they will lose a game during the regular season. All right. Takeaway on this is the, the Florida defense played a lot better than I expected them to. You know, all the complaints about Tiger Anthem last year were founded and they were a disorganized bunch last year. This year, much better uh, playing as a team. You got guys stepping up like our buddy Gervon Dexter, um, Zach Evans. I mean, they're, they're very talented up front. 
Um, you know, and despite some injuries, they've, they've got a lot of uh, playmakers that in that back seven. So here's the issue with Alabama. They're not going to lose to anybody. Um, you know, he tried the rat poison thing about Mercer. It didn't work. Uh, they obviously sort of fell a little bit flat at the swamp, but that's still in on the road over uh, the number 11 team in the country. I believe they have 28 straight victories over SEC East opponents or something like that. Yeah, they haven't lost since Steven Garcia beat them at okay. South Carolina. So they're not going to lose to the East. So Georgia, forget it. If they meet in the championship game, is going to win the, 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 the games on here. Old Miss is going to be interesting because Matt Corral is playing like the number one pick in the draft and they will put up points. Um, you know, AM, I'm not sold on their defense is good, but their offense is meh. And then I don't think Arkansas or Auburn can hang with them or LSU. So I, I still have them undefeated, um, but it was closer than. I expected Emory Jones played better. And if Anthony Richardson was playing, this could have been a different result. Um, so it's scary. This is what Saban lives for. I mean, this, so whatever the line is against USM next week, take Alabama. And then in that uh, Ole Miss game, I, I could just picture them blowing them out by 30. This is what Saban wants. All right. Well, well, I, I still, I'm, I'm marking it down. Alabama is going to lose a game. Who are they losing to? Who, who uh, you got? Ole Miss. I'm going to say Ole Miss. Maybe. All right. Maybe. Did you see the message board people wanting Saban fired? I mean, I see that account that you tweets out ridiculous message board stuff. Um, okay. So yeah, I did see that. We should not live in a country where there's somebody that's stupid owning a computer or. It, I have to think it's alcohol-induced, alcohol a lot of those posts. Um, uh, yeah, I guess, even though, you just, I mean, it's so funny. They're just, it's, they're every, for every moron, there's someone dumber out there. And, and for people to say that, oh, fire the whole staff and Saban can't make adjustments and all this other stuff. Man, you're spoiled. Try being a Florida <laughs> State fan right now. <laughs> the reason, the re- real quick before we wrap up on that topic, I just, I, it was rare to see Florida's offensive line kind of have their way. And I think Saban said after the game that, you know, we need to play more players. Basically, we need to find more guys that we can play. I, I do think they kind of got worn out. It was, I mean, it was so hot and humid down here in the South this weekend uh, with those storms that were blowing through. I mean, I was at a game on Friday night and I mean, it was like peak Florida summer humid. I don't know what was going on. I was drenched in sweat, like by the first play of the game. Uh, and I was just wearing like shorts and a polo. So I, but I, they got worn out. I think they did play more guys, but I do think the way Florida's offensive line pushed them around, that's what leads me to believe that they'll probably drop a game. We'll see. Well, Paul Fon's uh, concerned. He's, he's got his concern about Alabama. So that Eric out of me. <laughs> Uh, moving on, Heisman watch. You mentioned it earlier, so let's let's hear your list. Who you got? Uh, it's Matt Corral, and then it's um, Bryce Young. Uh, after that, I got to go Kenneth Walker. Um, and you, you know, the message you sent me over the weekend, like so, leading the the nation in rushing. Uh, they're a very football team, surprising three and zero football team. Running backs probably not going to win it, of course. Uh, then I got Rat. And then I got C.J. Verdell, which doesn't, you know, statistically, 
not up there, but I think he's got one of the the landmark performances in a big game this year. So that's going to keep him in the top five early. Eventually, another quarterback will surpass him. Uh, but those five I got right now. Yeah, he only had eleven carries this week. So yeah, you know, they played a they played a. a well, who they play? What's Stony he? Brook. Did yeah, you see? I mean that's 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 a book with a lot of rocks in it. That's that's so. Oh, he he's not going to get the step um, to be in there, but you know that someone from Oregon should be in the top five. Did you see Cristobal tell the other coach that he was going to beat his ass <laughs> during I the game? Crystal. Did you see that? No, I missed that, but that that doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> so. I, I, you'll have to see, search the Twitter clips out, but uh, something happened to where I was like, I don't know if there was a cheap shot on one of Oregon's players. It was near the Stony Brook sideline. So Cristobal comes out to check on the guy. And next thing you know, Cristobal starts barking at this other coach and he's doing it all the way as he goes back to his sideline. And he really, you know, you, you got to use your lip reading skills. But, I mean, he, he was pretty upset. Was it the <laughs> coach? Yeah, I mean that's what that's what I saw. Okay, so he roughly what five foot five? Yeah, it's definitely like a, a Napoleon situation. He's a he's a very very little man. So Mario, you played offensive line at a high level. You're a big dude. Come on. Pick on somebody your own size. I love you to death, but Chuck Prior looking at this right now, there's a football player standing next to him. It looks like he's 15 feet tall next to well, this. Well, there's, there's a picture. Hold on, let me. You can tell. Hold on, let me see if I can send it to you. There's a picture of Cristobal where he's just, I'm going to send it to you on your phone, where he's just talking to the guy. But after the game, they didn't shake hands after the game. Um, and the, what are the, let's see, let's, here's the quote from the coach. Certainly there's a, they're a quality program and he's a quality coach had nothing to do with the physicality of the game. It was honestly nothing more than me letting him know my attitude toward the sequence of events that happened. Honestly, it's over and done with at the end of the game. There's way too much chaos, chaotic things going on. And we just didn't have the chance to shake hands. <laughs> yeah, right. See, that doesn't even that picture you sent doesn't even show the difference in. But like, you could over under on. You could see Cristobal yelling at him. I see uh, that, but but over under on Chuck height is five five, and I don't know which I would take by the better. Do you know him or no? I don't know him at all, at all. He's been the head coach at Stony Brook since two thousand six. Yeah, and then he was the head coach at Trinity here in Connecticut, but I. He could punch me right in the knee, and I wouldn't know who he is. I didn't know. I'm trying to find the video. Um, I didn't know Stony Brook had a football team. <laughs> I don't feel like they usually – I feel like they usually don't play uh, – like this isn't one of the, the punching bags that we see pop up, you know? No. Um, they're FCS, so it's not a big win. Um, they've been in the playoffs four times in the FCS, uh, 2011, 2012, 2017, 2018. So he's a good coach done a good job there. Um, but come on, Mario, let's, let's go after someone a little bit bigger. Let's maybe well, no, the guy said in, something in a, in a ring. 
Right. You know? the, the guy the guy said something to him that pissed him off because then he basically he shakes his head. I sent you the video. I found it. Um, I'll find out what it was. Yeah, right. I'll I mean, I guess we could, just, we could just ask him. Um, but I sent you the video. So anyway, that was a funny. Yeah. That doesn't have to do with the Heisman. Um, well, anyway, C.J. Verdell, number five. But I couldn't run a great fifth candidate. So No, he's a good one. I was going to suggest him. I actually had his stats pulled up already because I was wondering if you were going to bring him up. Um, all right. Well, I think that's pretty much it. Anything else you want to talk about? <laughs> well, I we, we talked a lot about such right? Like teams that have really sucked. Uh-huh. Um, you know, let's talk Georgia bouncing back, even though JT Daniels been a little bit of a disappointment. They, they took it to South Carolina. Let's give, uh, you know, some props to Iowa taking care of Kent state and, you know, Texas A&M beating New Mexico. I thought they would have a little bit of trouble with them because of Terry Wilson, but there's some teams taking care of business out there that, you know, I think could be good. Um, you know, I just don't see anybody really challenging Alabama at this point based on the way Oklahoma looks. And and I don't think Georgia has the offensive guys to to make it, you know, a real threat there. But it's Alabama and everybody else. But let's say some positive things about people instead of Miami and Florida State suckage. Well, I mean, you know, got to go up, moves the needle. I mean, I think Ole Miss – I think South Carolina. I think South Carolina is just really bad, and that's just how it's going to be. I mean, I think honestly, I think they're lucky that that was the final score was even that little. I think it could have been much worse. Well, I mean, a lot of and Ole Miss just actually just rolled over them. How about Michigan? I know they're not passing the ball. I mean, Cade McNamara is averaging ten passes a a game, but they're just rolling over people too. So. There's some positive things to take from this weekend. Um, the problem is none of these teams are going to be able to hang with Alabama. They will go undefeated. They'll go to the playoff. They'll win the national championship again. And everybody will look back at this Florida loss as a moral victory for the Gators. All right. Well, that wraps up this week's show. I'll be back later in the week with another show. Phil Steele says he's going to come on the show at some point. They sent me they send me a message saying, what do you want to have Phil Steele on the podcast? I say, yeah, sure, when? And they say, oh, he's busy this week. How about next week? <laughs> I'm like, you emailed Phil me. <laughs> He'll do it. Phil Steele's a nice guy. <laughs> right, but I'm just saying, don't email me to pitch a guest. And when I say yes, say he's busy. I'm like, you you contacted me. I didn't reach out to you. So, uh, Who's the one guest well, you want? Who's the one you want more than anybody? You know, not, not a Saban, but like. Mm, I don't know. It's a good question. Think about it. Let's make no, it happen. To, Let's make a wish. I'll have to think about it. I mean, I, I the problem is having the time to record it. Uh, I have we have to record at night sometimes because of my schedule. So you want Herbie? Uh, Herbie who criticized the uh Mike Bobo play and then on Twitter yelled at everybody who's a fan who criticized the Mike Bobo play. Do you want Herbie? I wanted you to do one with Herb Street since he's promoting his book. I thought you got you were going, you would do, do that one. I could. I'm lazy. Where I'm aware. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that's it for this week. I'll be, or that's it for me and Mike. I'll be back with the show later in the week. Uh, Thanks for hanging out, Mike. All right. See you.